Hey guys, this is my leak. This is the My Taught You podcast. And I promised you tons of interviews with people um, that have been my friends, people that I know. You know the rule of these podcasts is that if there's a guest on, I have to have at least met them, locked eyes with them. And today's guest is someone who pre-social media um before you could like go online and follow follow people's lives the only way you kind of got to know someone you didn't know was through print media and I'll never forget I was sitting in the back of my friend's uh my friend's boyfriend's jeep in college and he had some king magazine a king magazine was behind the seat and I remember I, th- I want to say Gabrielle Union was on the cover. And I remember being like, wow, I've never seen Gabrielle Union sort of look like in a maxim kind of way. So I opened it up and I'm like, who makes this magazine? And I read the um, edit- le- editor's letter and it was a guy named Daytuan Thomas, who I'm so excited to have on today. Daytuan, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yo, that's so <laughs> crazy. You just took me back real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but this is what's so crazy, Dayton, is that I was like, first of all, this is a gorgeous magazine. Like, yeah. I'm you probably don't even know the way you've influenced like the work that I'm doing today, but mm-hmm. it was so well done. Thank but you. there was something that you said in that issue which literally planted this seed in my head, mm-hmm. which sort of shaped the way I have um sort of led my life. You said you said something along the lines of whatever you do in life, you must pursue it with reckless abandon and I remember being like what the hell does that mean (laughs) (laughs) and I like ran home and got online and like googled like reckless Mm -hmm. abandon and I was like yes yes he's right like I need to like like courage abounds like I if if I want something I have to go crazy and and Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of people, I imagine like that I am, I am probably what you were to me then. Like you didn't know who I was. Mm -hmm. You didn't know the impact that you would have on my life. But sitting in the back of my friend's car, I was like, I'm going to be somebody like he did this. This is such great work. And you spoke like me, you know, you read, like, I never read the editor's letter, letter in a magazine ever. Right. Right. (laughs) Yo, it's so crazy. Like, that that section of the magazine was pretty much my favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. As much as I, I interviewed everyone and the photo aspect of being able to come up with like a concept and then see it happen and mm-hmm. people enjoy it, it was actually the stress of wanting to say the right thing in my editor's letter every every issue. So, really? Yeah, and I used to drive to work most days, which is insane to do now in New York. But but back then I used to drive to work, but when it was time for me to write my editor's letter, I would take the train because then it would give me an hour and a half of like no interruption and I would write it. And so many times I would be flying like, you know, in different airports and stuff like that. It It would happen where someone would come up to me and say, yo, I read your, I read your editor's letter. And that one dude was on the train one time and he came up to me and the whole train car was looking. He was crying <laughs> yes. because he was in jail. And I wrote something about my uh. uncle who was in jail and he felt it because he was going through a similar thing with his family. And I was just like, that's when it realized, that's when I realized like, words and their power and their meaning can touch people in a, in so many different ways. And wow. um, 
when you told me that story the first time, I was so humbled and and <laughs> and shocked because I would write it and think that I'm right. I always had this kid in my head that was like far off, a little hood dude that might have picked it up. And here's this beautiful young black woman telling me like, yo, this changed me. I was like, wow, man. Um. Thank you. You yes. never know who you hit. You know you don't. And and the crazy thing was, and and I have all the questions for you. And we probably went a little backwards, but mm-hmm. like for so long, um, for so long, it was like okay. For those of you, Daytuan Thomas launched King Magazine, which for some of the people who listen, they're probably young. They're like, but was King Magazine? Um, but you are currently the editor in chief at Vibe Magazine, right? Yes, indeed. And everybody knows Vibe Magazine. And you were you were at Double XL, mm. um, Rides. Yep. Uh, and just um, the crazy thing was that uh, before I get to my questions, I'm going to also yep. tell you, you probably didn't know this, that um, I, I after I read that King Magazine in college, I was just like a longtime fan. Like I probably bought every single issue. Oh, wow. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I probably bought every single issue. And when I finally got into the PR industry and realized that we had access to contacts, to magazine contacts, uh, my PR agency didn't really work with the kind of client that would be in King, you right, know? It, right. And so I was just like, but I still wanted to call y'all. I remember. And when I, the, the first client that I got that was sort of like close to working with you guys was Travis Barker. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I was like any, I was just like, I was just sitting like just waiting. Like I know that I want to pitch uh, Travis. So long story short, I finally meet Adele who was yeah. the West coast editor. Uh, my dad, my dad just retired and he, my dad loves Adele. He was wow. like, how is Adele? That's, yeah. That's the bro. Yeah. Yeah. So I meet Adele and then I've, I'm sitting on uh, the King magazine phone number and I just decide one day, and I think you have moved on at this point, but I know we work with you with rides and stuff, but I was like, uh, Jermaine was the new editor in chief. Right. No, J- Jermaine was at the time you were the editor in chief and Jermaine was, he was, under, yeah. yeah. So you were still there, but I didn't have the guts to call you, oh, but I man. did. No, but I did get the guts to call Jermaine. Uh-huh. And I was like, I have like, I would like, like as a longtime fan, I want to provide you some feedback on uh-huh. this month's issue. And so he's like, you know, just like the goal, like, Oh my God. And it was so funny because while I do, I love Brandy, but I just don't know what it was about that cover that I was That's just I like, know. <laughs> I was like, I love y'all, but we I just, and I love Brandy. We, you and I probably had the same critiques. Yeah. <laughs> so after that, like, I was like, after that, he was like, he pretty much was like, this is my direct line, schedule time with me any every single month so you can give me your critique. Yeah. And so that became how I developed a relationship with Jermaine is that he would listen to what I had to say yeah. because I was just like this. Every time you guys miss the mark on a cover, yep. I would know. Yep. So we started talking and I just was like, guys, I know how we can kill this. Like, So I was a distant King employee. Yes, indeed. And I, I do remember <laughs> that too. I remember Joe telling me. I do remember him telling me for real. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it's like, oh, I have some things I want to say because I was just such a fan. Yeah. Um, but okay, enough about that. I want to get, you know, I want to be able to tell uh, the listeners who you are and what you do. And so mm-hmm. how can you tell us, like, how did you get into this? Like, oh, wow. wh- where are you from and how, like, I know this could take forever, but like, how did you 
get into the game. Like so many people love magazines or they love music or they love things, but they don't know how, like how to do it. Yeah. It was especially like back in, in the nineties. Um, I got in, in the mid nineties, I was a, a, a print junkie pretty mm. much, you know, all through high school. I read vibe, um, from the very first issue, a friend of mine, uh, that was visiting me from Japan. I'm, I'm actually like a, a air force brat for a little yes. bit. I was born in Brooklyn and then mm-hmm. my mom, um, she married my stepdad who was in the Air Force and we lived in Japan for three years in Tokyo, like near Tokyo, wow. the Air Force Base. So some of my friends there, I, I was like one of the go-to people for hip hop because I'm from <laughs> Brooklyn. My uncles were still sending me your TV raps and video movie <laughs> and red alert tapes and stuff. So I would have hot stuff before mm-hmm. a lot of other kids. And um, when I moved back to the States, uh, those guys you know, a couple of them, they would come and visit me when, whenever they were in New York. And when they came through, uh, one of them was like, yo, I got this, I got this new magazine. Cause the source was out. It was like maybe like a year and a half really out, out at this uh-huh. time. But this is like late 92. And he bought me the preview issue of vibe with Tretch on the cover. Uh, and a lot of people don't even know about that issue because yeah. it wasn't like widely out there like that. But when he brought it, I was just like my whole head. Every I was just like blown away. Like, <laughs> what the hell? You got this big dude. You know, Tretch was was basically like, you know, the man right then. Um, and it was just like the photography was just so stark and hard and you didn't see anything like that before. And then when I read it, it was just like the most amazing journalism and just way with, I was just blown away. So then it took all, imagine getting that mm-hmm. and a whole year and change later, they didn't come out for another year with the actual premiere issue with Snoop Dogg on the cover. Yes. I want to say, I remember that. Yeah. That, that one right there, I, I was just like, okay, I'm hooked. And then they, <laughs> then they had like uh Rosie Perez and then, you know, George Clinton and ice cube. Then it, it just got better and better. And I became, I became a fan of the writing of Kevin Powell, um, who ironically is like a really good friend of mine now. He just did our newest uh, Tupac cover. And, okay. And he and he was like really linked to Tupac. So I just wanted to get in. And I was just trying to think of like, wow, how could I write for them? I wanted to also write for the source, but I was like, vibe, I felt a little bit more so because of the fact that they were a little bit more... Uh, multicultural but also they were into fashion they were into the actual lifestyle of urban and Mm -hmm. um one day at school i just they were early adopters on the internet and this is in 96 and one day at school i saw one of their sub uh websites called the suicide they were looking Mm -hmm. for interns and i was like well if i get in there then that means i'll be at vibe (laughs) (laughs) Because I knew knew you needed um, a a college, uh, you know, like some kind of college connection. And I knew my college wasn't going to get down like that. So I just cold called dude. And he was like, all right, yo, come up. There's going to be 300 people here. You know, if you could get here and and you fight your way through, you might get Mm -hmm. it. So I go, you know, and a bunch of craziness happens. Long story short, I get in and dude, I'm like, where's the 300 people? And he was like, well, I just wanted to see if you would be scared. 
Ooh. So I didn't want anyone scared here. It was just me and him, and I'm in vibe. It was on a weekend. It was on a Saturday. Wow. And I remember from that moment, I was like, I'll never not go to something because there's competition or there's 300 people, 3,000 or 300,000. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. going to show up because what if I got scared and yeah. go? You know, I would have lost this opportunity thinking about competition. So I always view that as um, a linchpin for me to if someone told me no, I would find a way around it. If if there was a roadblock, I would find a way around it. And I've been that's been the hallmark of my career. And that's pretty much how I got in. And I started moving and shaking from there. You did. I know. And so I did. I, I went online, obviously, to try to figure out everything I possibly could. I mean, it's like I know what I know about you. Right. But I saw that you I read like pretty much everybody says and I, I have it even in this um uh, my five year anniversary, my fifth anniversary issue of King. You yes. talk about the fact that you ran up to Diddy mm-hmm. for an internship. Mm-hmm. Like what? I mean, how? Why? Oh, it was crazy. It was a it was a pool party. It was in the summertime. It was a pool party that my cousin and I got invited to a big dog one, too. And, OK. And before I got into the industry, I was just running around with like Rob Swift and Rock Raider from um, the X-Men uh, okay. DJ crew. And I used to get like these invites and stuff. So we got invites to that. And we went to Soho to the Fat Farm store. That's when Russell had the Fat Farm store. Yeah. And, you know, you save up your little money, go down there, <laughs> feel like you wanted them. Yeah. You know? And we wanted to get there mad early. It was like 9.30 in the morning. We wanted to get there when they opened. So mm-hmm. we got there. It was a bright, sunny summer morning. And Diddy was right outside. I'll never forget. He had a black S600, a X500 Benz. Really? Yeah, and he was by himself. Like, just out. He was doing, he was, I guess he was waiting to do the same thing. <laughs> by himself, no security, no one else. And he was on the phone. And I mean, he was on the phone tearing somebody up. He was, he was yelling, you know, in straight Diddy style, going crazy. Now we're across the street, and I'm like, Yo, L, that's my cousin. I was like, yo, he, yo, I got to get an internship at Bad Boy. Because at that time, they were right down a block from my college. Okay. And I would sit outside of the building and wait for different um, Bad Boy employees or artists to go in to see if I could talk to them. And I used to do that like two times out the week where my what? class. Yeah, I did that for like months. <laughs> it could be cold. I would sit on this little hydrant and wait. Wow. And, and I would I would give him like a beat tape because we was making beats and stuff. It was really weird. So this time it was this time he crossed the street and when he crossed the street I approached him mm-hmm. and I was like excuse me Puff and he was like yo what's up and I was like hey man I'm a big fan and you know I did the little yeah. Diddy shake you know what I'm saying I, I was probably a little crazy and my cousin's like don't do this stop 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 yeah. and I was like hey man I. I I'll go get coffee. I'll do whatever you need. I know you need some interns. And he was like, nah, I don't. I was like, so I can't have an internship? I'm working for free, man. I'll do whatever. He was like, nah, I'm good, man. Thank you, though. Continue support. I was like, all right, man. All good. I'll see you at the top. That's right. Wow. And he, and he stopped and he turned. He was like, ha, ha, ha. Right. Yeah, like that, like that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. 
Okay. Sound like the so, record. Yeah, yeah. But this is okay. I really want to take a moment to sort of expound on that because uh-huh. a lot of people, and I'm pretty sure now at this point, you know, people probably do the same thing to you. And I just wonder, like, do you feel that there is a is there a special sort of etiquette that people should have if they want an internship? Do you think do you think that what you did back then would work today? Mm-hmm. And so many people always say that, you know, they're such huge fans. If you could give any sort of tips, what do you think people should do now who want to enter like an industry? What is the best way um, to contact someone? And I always say like successful people are just a little crazy, but like, do you have to be a little crazy? You have to, you have to be a little crazy. You don't want to be, (laughs) you don't want to be insane though. You don't want to, you don't want to be insane asylum type crazy. You want to be the kind of crazy where the person's like, yo, that person has a lot of spirit and a lot of push and a lot of drive. There's, um, there's two people that kind of stick out right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, her name is Jazz. Uh, she, she's been an editor over at Respect Magazine for a while. And she's followed me since she was an intern at Vibe a few years ago, like maybe oh, three wow. years ago. And she's always just been someone that was ready to do whatever I needed and sometimes saw what I needed before I needed it. Wow. She was that perceptive. Like, hey, yeah. um, I know this person is about to blow. You might want some information on them. A friend of mine did this. She would go and research on her own. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, well, you do the story then. I don't need it. You do it. Right, right. And then she was like, thanks. So wherever I've gone in the past, like, you know, three to four years, mm-hmm. I've taken her with me in some kind of capacity. Right. And it was because as an intern, I saw that she wanted it more and she did the things that were above and beyond that right. kind of helped me without being annoying, without being insane or crazy or stalkerish. Right. And then, and then there's a new kid that I've just met over this summer and probably like in the last two months. Uh, his name is Surf. He's a hood kid from Flatbush. He reminds me of me so much, like 20 years ago. And it makes me laugh because he's still rough around the edges with how he is. And I remember being like that and and not being so, you know, kind of like, you know, the industry etiquette. Yes. But when you're coming in, you don't have that. So you're just all heart and passion and (laughs) you're working off that. And that's what he is right now. But he's so sharp. He has like that, that street smarts. And then he has like the school book smarts as well. And he's really swagged out. So I know he's going to be able to withstand the different ups and downs that the industry brings you once he gets in his style, in his pocket. And he's one of those guys right now. And what he does is he comes in every day. He says what's up to me. He gives me the lowdown of what's going on in the street. But then he also lets me know what's going on in music. And I, yeah. I love that duality of being yeah. able to have both worlds at your fingertips because it comes in handy when you need it in this game. Yeah. Wow. That is just I do. I have heard, you know, some people will write me and say that um, they feel like they're being taken advantage of. And mm. like, I really want to. Oh, wow. This is the thing that's really crazy that I have found, uh, Daytuan, is that like, I I mean, you're just a little older than me, but I think that when I was getting in the game, there was this, there was like either you hustle hard, like you had, you had Diddy showing us how it was done. Like you hustle hard, you walked, you got cheesecake, you got coffee for free. But now I think that like social media uh, has really changed when wealth is being distributed differently to more, uh, to the youth more frequently. And all of a sudden you have people who are recent college graduates who feel like they deserve to be CEO. You know, after you have like a Zuckerberg or a Facebook or something like that, you got people feeling like, you know, I 
if he's a dropout and he's popping, like I have a degree, like, yep. and I just don't know. I have always really tried to like sort of explain to, to people. And my best explanation has been this. And maybe if you have one, but I say sometimes like people who work with me or like interns or something, I say like, the reason why like we aren't splitting things or we aren't partners Mm -hmm. is before you got here, before you knew me, you know, all of the sacrifice that I did, I pretty much the, the boat that we are rowing on, Mm -hmm. I built by hand, sourced the wood. I tacked, I tacked this bitch together (laughs) myself. So because you are on here rowing with me, doesn't mean we're truly sharing the load. Yeah. That's not, that's not what it is. (laughs) No. I mean, at Vibe, I was at Vibe, and it sounds dope, but I was at Vibe for a year and a half, no money. I never once got a check. Never once. And I was on the online department. I wasn't even in the print department yet. Wow. But I influenced it by letting the print editors know what was going on. Mm -hmm. So if I would pass by, even a publisher, I sat in his desk one time, and I was bugging. This is what I mean about rough around the edges. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be in this seat at some point. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Right. I'll be in the seat at some point. And I wanted him to know that I was going to see him at the top too, but it Mm -hmm. didn't mean that I needed the money. I I needed the work. I needed the opportunity to showcase why whatever money I was getting, I was deserved of. Some of these kids, they want the money or they want the prestige, but they don't even know what their job entails. You know what I'm saying? Oh my God. I feel like you should, they want the money and they want the prestige, Mm -hmm. but they don't even know what the job entails. Uh, They have no idea. They, they just see, especially now because they're able to see other people perception of their own job as well. And they might not even be doing their job to the best of their ability. So now you're getting a skewed view of what you're supposed to be doing, not understanding what you can do, even if you did it at a lesser amount or no amount for a shorter many, uh, a short amount of time. You yeah. would learn more that way. You know what I mean? And right. when I, when I think about the kids that are, are kind of headstrong in wanting certain things so fast, I'm like, dang, you're shortchanging your experience. Uh. You're so shortchanging the things that when you get into the position and you have to, you know, really be responsible for the money that you're getting in the type of position that you have, you're going to run into roadblocks that you don't know how to get around. Yeah. But you got, but you got the money though, so you good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Yeah. It's not going to work for you in the long run. It's not going to work for you when you look back on your career and you try to see, okay, now that I'm in personally 20 years, I want to look back and say at every point I did the best of my ability in that position because yeah. I went through the gauntlet in 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 a way that I didn't shortchange myself. Yeah, absolutely. Now I love that. And I, I just, I'm sitting here taking notes because yeah. I was just like, I really feel like that should be how I lead this. Like, don't mm-hmm. shortchange your experience. And yeah. I think so many people want to do that. But I have to say that, like, before I met you, I used to always be like, I'm such a huge fan of Daytuan. Anybody who probably knows me from back in the day will tell you that I said that. And I would be like, I want to meet him. No doubt. And, no and doubt. I appreciate it. You, nobody has ever had anything bad to say about you like your reputation mm-hmm. is like did you your i've you know there are mm-hmm. some people who you see you know that we see at the top that people are like eh, right there and i've never heard one bad word it's, about you like every time somebody that i mention your name and they know you they be like yo it's crazy it's crazy is that something that you worked on like like how important 
-hmm. was your reputation to you and how important, you know, is it to do the right thing? It's so tough. It's, it's really tough. And it's not, a, it's not, and I don't mean it in a way where you're trying to be fake and you're trying to uh -huh. make it into something that it's not. I think it's tough because of how people uh, perceive how you are sometimes. Right. And for me, it's easy because I'm being me and I, and I, I try to work on, on the side of being fair. I try mm -hmm. to work on the side of how I would want to be treated. So wow. when you when you work from that aspect, it's kind of hard for people to have a, a real issue with you. They'll find mm -hmm. an issue with you. Can find an issue with an ant. <laughs> right, this, right. This ant is messing up my picnic. Well, move somewhere right. else. <laughs> That's you true. The ant, but you want that? Like move somewhere else. Go somewhere. You know what I'm saying? So right. those type those type of people, I you know, I just kind of throw it to the wind. It does upset me, but mm -hmm. I just kind of throw it to the wind. The people that pretty much will vouch me is because I think I've, I've dealt with them in a way that isn't as normal in the industry. I try to think of it from the other person's side as well. If you're in negotiations, what are you looking at if I were in their position that right. I would want me to do? And then on my position, what do I need from them to make them feel comfortable and make me feel satisfied as well? Because once you get into the game, everything is a negotiation. And, and mm -hmm. a majority of the negotiation isn't even about money. It's mm. about respect. Wow. So if you come to a common ground on the respect factor, the negotiation is going to be a lot easier with the money. Right. But, you, you know, because those two things go hand in hand. And then once you, you know, you kind of get that in pocket, then people are like, you know what? That's a pleasurable person to deal with. Mm -hmm. You know, like once you get to that and once they see that you have their best interests in, in heart, as well as your own, when yeah. that when that balance is equal, that's when somebody will be like, "Yo, date one, that's my man." Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And right. and that goes back. And it sounds crazy because my uncles were all hustlers and all my cousins and everybody. Mm -hmm. It goes back to how you you know how you deal with people in in a street sense as well. Yeah, you know, all it is is really about respect. The money and everything else comes you know a little bit behind that. If you yeah. have a, a mutual respect and understanding, mm -hmm. then people can feel how real you are. Right. And I think that's what they feel when they say that about me. Awesome. Okay. So yeah. I do. Okay. I have talked on this podcast that like there is one person. So my, my rule is that I only interview people that I've met or that uh -huh. I sort of either really know or sort of know yep. but I, there is one exception that I would make to that rule mm -hmm. and I believe that as someone that you have spoken to which okay. then further upped the ante for me like okay Daytona is really just trying to stun on my life <laughs> my favorite like my favorite favorite person uh author Robert Green oh 48, wow. 48 laws of power wow. like I have like I have sent like bat signals out on this podcast like if anybody knows Robert Green oh man Tell him that like 48 laws of power completely changed the way I like hustle, grind it thought. Cause I got an internship in New York. I'm from Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Um, I ended up getting this internship in New York uh, just the, the year before I graduated college. And I remember just thinking like, like I remember my first day going to work day uh, uh, Trump, uh, Trump towers, uh, 57th and fifth. And um, wow. I had never like, I had never lived or been in a city for 24 hours that moved that fast. Yes. 
Yes. I'm standing on the corner about to cross the light right at Tiffany. And this cab is moving so fast <laughs> that I literally screamed thinking as this lady was about to cross the street. Like I screamed like you're going to die. And right. everybody, everybody looked at me like. <laughs> That's how we cross the street. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God. But I have my 48 laws of power with me, which right. kind of like just taught me to be like it just helped me be a little less green about uh-huh. the situation and it really the 50th law like i read the 50th law right before i started curlbox and on the back of the 50th law it says there's just this one sentence yep. and it's two words it says fear nothing fear nothing fear. and i tattooed that on my arm and i was like you said you want to do this yep. you need to do it but if you could tell me anything, I mean, if you could tell us anything about Robert oh, Greene. I, I have the best. I have the okay. best, Robert Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so our mutual friend, Adele, mm-hmm. he put me on to the 48 Laws of Power book. Okay. I heard about it, you know, different rappers and stuff, but he was the first person that actually was like, yo, Dave, read this. We're, okay. We're in this struggle right now. You need to you need to get this. <laughs> and, you know, of course, my uncles put me on to, like, you know, Machiavelli, the Prince, and, mm-hmm. um, and you know, uh, the art of war and all that stuff. But 48 Laws of Power kind of spoke in a new language to me that I understood with the footnotes right. and everything. Yes. And um, it's funny that you like myself and you like Robert because <laughs> we both share the same birthday. Ah! May 14th. He's, he's a Taurus like, and I'm May 15th. Yes, exactly. Right the next day. Ugh. Next day. So that's why you're feeling No wonder that. I'm so connected. Exactly. <laughs> So I always wanted the same way that you feel about him. That's how I feel about him. Okay. And Adele probably more so. So I was just like, dad, I really want to interview this guy. And it was wild. Maybe no less than like four days later, I get an email from his publicist. Like, hey, Daytuan, uh, Robert Greene loves uh, the the things that you're doing. I was like, like, what? what? I'm like, what? He noticed you? I don't know how. I have <laughs> no idea how. Um, this is so like jealous. late. This is like late 2012. Okay. And he had um he had his newest book that was coming out, Mastery. Yes, and, which is um, fantastic. Oh, it's, it's it's beyond. It's beyond. Uh, and they wanted me to do a phoner with him, and mm-hmm. I was like, no. I said, there's no way that I'm going to do a phone with, with Robert Greene. I was like, I have to be with him. Yeah. I need, I need to be with him. You know, if there's any way that he would allow me at his home, I would definitely come out with a camera crew. We'd do a photo shoot. Uh, they were like, oh, really? Um, okay. Just give us, give us a minute. We'll hit you back. Shit <laughs> me back later that day and was like, Robert said he's all good. You could come. Ah! And I'm sitting here, it's like like it's happening to me right now. Yes, and I was bugging the same way you just screamed. I did the same thing. I was like, ah! <laughs> So, you know, I scheduled it for like maybe three weeks later. I jumped mm-hmm. out there um, I, and I spent my own money. I didn't even wait for a corporate yeah. nothing. I just was like, I'm, I'm out. And um, my homegirl Ashley and one of her shooters came out and Robert and I, we kicked it. I, I started off with us being birthday brothers. Yeah. And he started laughing. He was like, no way. And mm-hmm. next thing you know, we I was in his crib. He's offering me tea. Uh-huh. And I stayed with him for about like four hours in his crib. Mm-hmm. And we started talking so much about everything and anything in the world. He gave me mm-hmm. so many insider gems that he, yes. he was like, you know what? Come around the back. So we went on his uh his garage area, he opened up his garage, which is filled. 
I mean, filled with all of his books and notes yeah. and stuff. Yeah, because he has um, like he when he makes a point, he lets you know where this came from. Oh, like yes, definitely, he has, yeah. For every book that he's made, he has a bookcase that holds about two hundred books for that one book. Yes. So if you're in his living room, each bookcase represents all the things he read to make the one book this of is... strap. It was insane. Ugh, it was uh, insane. He, yeah, he's so good. He was really good. And um his cat had gotten sick that day, which was <laughs> weird. And he, he he was just like he found a way to tie it into a whole bunch of different things. He's so <laughs> um just mind blowingly real, mm-hmm. um, perceptive, and open. Wow. And when you hear him speak, he speaks in this in this very regular way, but it, it tends to hit a point in your life. So I was giving him uh, situations that were, that was happening to me at the time, and mm-hmm. he gave me some strategy, and I mean, it worked to the pinpoint. And I see why 50 Cent used him for his book and why he's so successful today. Yeah. He, again, like I said, it's like different, you know, and I don't even know how I've, I think I found 48 Laws of Power back when Tower mm-hmm. Music or Virgin, mm-hmm. Virgin used to have a bookstore down in San Francisco when I was in college. And I was like, I think I need this. Right. I think I need this. If I'm going to New York, I'm so afraid. I think I need this before I start. And it just like, it, it changed my life. I keep it. I still read it. Mm-hmm. Like I follow Robert Greene on Twitter anytime. He doesn't do a lot of interviews. No, and then, um, I think when Adele told me you talked to him, yeah. I was just like, oh, my God. I never released it. Because no, I, I, I never saw it. Yeah. Why didn't you? I feel, okay, I, this is so crazy. There's certain people that I, that I talk to mm-hmm. that is so, it, it's so impactful on me personally Yeah. that I hold it for when I think it's right. And yeah. I did the same thing with Kendrick Lamar. I, I interviewed him early 2009 mm-hmm. and it was so profound and prolific of what he was saying at the time about himself and where he mm-hmm. wanted to go i said i can't put this out now right and i waited until five years which made it march of this year wow and that's when he got nominated for 11 grammys wow he broke the record i was like you know what now yeah. is the time yeah. because now you can look back five years ago and see that this kid talked about this back then yeah. Because when you drop it in the scrum of when everything is happening, it tends to get lost. But when yeah. you do something like, here's the man five years before all the success now, so you get to see who he was, it explains mm-hmm. who he is. Wow. With the Robert Greene stuff, it's so profound. I mean, it's so crazy. I haven't been able, all this time, that was, I interviewed him beginning of 2013. Mm-hmm. I still feel it's not ready yet. Dang, I'm sitting bated breath. I'm yeah, waiting. I have it though. It's heat. Okay. It's heat. <laughs> You're so shady. Yeah, I have it. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Okay. And so I have a couple more questions yeah. for you, Daytuan. And then I, I have you answer some of the questions that people write me. So okay. in case you didn't know, I have people who write me every single day. Um, I currently have about 750 questions in the queue. Like this is how many questions I get daily, like that I can't even answer. That's and so, so crazy. 
Yeah, so I answer them in my podcast, but what I've been doing is just asking the people that I admire, people that I've been interviewing to answer these questions for them because I'm pretty sure whatever they say will be great. But before I get into those questions, I want to tell you there was something else about you that I admired uh, is that in the, I'm like, I'm reading King Magazine and while I admired you, I just was like, I really admire this dude, but he's probably slightly scummy, you know, <laughs> um, because you got to kind of be like what guy who can just like do just this like cool all the time. Yeah, this nah. can be this cool and like and and be around all these like gorgeous women and, and be and probably be scummy. But mm-hmm. like you always would give your wife a shout out yeah. like yeah. you always looking for a shout like you were just yeah. saying, my wife, babe, you got me and I got you no matter yeah. what. Congrats on the degree. And I mean, I was just like every few every few issues you would give her a mm-hmm. shout out. And I know you have daughters and yeah. I follow you. I follow you uh, on Instagram and all that. I saw your daughter just had her sweet 16. Yes. Yes. And I just was like and I've written you occasionally to just mm-hmm. be like, how mm-hmm. amazing is it to have like you are you appear to be like the world's coolest dad. Yeah, man. I, I mean, <laughs> I Sometimes they don't think that. <laughs> um, but but as of late, yeah. yeah. One of the things is they're all b- becoming older. Uh-huh. I have, now I have a 16-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a 9-year-old. And these are all daughters. All yeah. girls. All girls. Yes. And, and the one thing that I'm finding out is like our conversations are different now. I, I can speak to them about real life things, real life mm-hmm. current events. I can talk to them about how they feel now. And our, mm-hmm. our talks are um, a lot more enriched with the little gems that I'm giving them and that I hope they, they hold on to. Yeah. Um, and I'm starting to see how how it works within their new and, and um, evolving personalities. <laughs> and, um, and as far as like, dealing with that my my wife is is she's the steward of of yeah. the family as much okay. as i'm the head she's mm-hmm. the one that influences the head of the family <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean and right. I, I i know i wouldn't be where i am without her i know that um yeah. i know i'm not perfect but i know that she's down to ride with someone that she's seen grow and being imperfect and and work through their issues and work through this industry and 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 see the ups and downs of what you have to deal with you know growing into fatherhood and and husbandhood and you know just being one of those individuals that wants to do do their best and Mm -hmm. then sometimes falls short yeah. Those are the things that we don't necessarily glorify in our Instagrams and Snapchats and stuff. You know, we right. don't get to see that. And that's yeah. one of the things I respect about you. Like, you'll show that you're not having a really good day sometimes. Yeah. You'll show, like, oh, something didn't go through that you really wanted to. But you have those celeb- uh, those celebratory moments as well. Yeah. And, and I think that's just part of who I am mm-hmm. and when I kind of lay it out. There was a point in my career where I was really out there and like always on TV and always out there doing things. And then now I'm kind of still there, but not like I was. If you don't have the strong enough mental and and supportive team behind you, Mm -hmm. you'll think like you're not as hot or you'll think you're not as popping if you're if you're not out there like everybody and social media make you feel that way but having a family will put Mm -hmm. things into perspective for you that can fill that void okay a lot of times 
Wow. Yeah. I wondered. I was like, I remember there were the, there were the times where you were constantly on TV. Mm-hmm. You, were, you were the hottest thing. And I'm like, how does it, how does your wife like? How does she feel about that? Does yeah. she feel like she was in the background? Did, did she resent you? Because I think so many those people, are real questions. Yeah. Yeah, that couples of like, I think something that I struggle with over the years was that I always knew that I wanted more out of life and there was nobody that was going to stop me from doing that. So if I ever got into a relationship with someone who didn't quite understand that, it's just like, like you, you can't do this. Right. And then I think I learned I'm 37 now and it took me forever to get that like. Sometimes, like I am very alpha, yes, and I don't really need another alpha, That's even real. though, yeah, like I need someone more beta who's just like, I got you, don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah. Why don't you calm down? You know what? Yeah. Let me see, let me rub your feet, let me do yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? Who's not trying to compete and be like, right. oh, you did this today? I did this today. Right, you know? right. <laughs> and that's hard. That's hard in our industry because yeah. the, um, I think the only reason why she's so cool and so laid back is because she she knew me from high school. And, uh, oh, and, wow. and, and there was no industry for me. You right. You know what I mean? So she yeah. knows the Daytona that was, you know, teenage kid trying to get some new Jordans. Right. You know, and, and would be content, you know what I'm saying, right. with that. And then she she got to see my my uh, trajectory rise and could pull my, my coattails and be like, yo, you kind of wilding right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and then I got to be like, yeah, you might be right, but I'm not, I'm not going to stop right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, so, so, right, right, right. So, wow. and, and I've always thought about, you know, wow, you know, when when you do have that competition in, in inside the household in, yeah. in the same genre, that has to be one of the most nerve wracking things if there isn't the right, proper, and loving communication. Because yeah. every relationship is like that, whether you're doing the same thing or not. Yeah. Yeah, it totally is. It's like sometimes I just try to say, all right, this is your moment. I'm going to give you space to have your moment. And then it's also nice to do things that aren't about me. You know, mm. to be like, you know what, I'm falling. This is the p- time where I get to be nobody, you know, right. and, and I appreciate that. And, and, I, and I love it. So I did. I noticed that. And I admire, admire that about you. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. So um, uh, I always like to ask people like their favorite vacation places. I see you travel a grip and I and I read that you were an army brat. But if you you live in New York, uh, if you're going somewhere in the U.S., you, where are you going? We'll do two. We'll do two, two things. You and your okay. wife. Like, where are you going? You and your wife. Where are you? Okay. Where are you taking the kids? Okay, cool. So uh, two years ago, um, my wife and I we took the kids to Orlando for mm-hmm. uh, you know Disneyland. You know you got to do that. You got to do I that. I did that. I did that. I have fun. That. I took my mom last wow. year. And I actually have fun. <laughs> I had more fun than they did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, let's get in the teacups. <laughs> <laughs> I'm spinning. I'm spinning. I'm spinning. <laughs> yeah. I had a blast. I think it's better when you're older. Yes. But yeah, I had a blast. We had such the most amazing time. We did Disneyland. Then we drove down to Daytona. Oh. We to the beach. It was just amazing. Okay. We had a really good time. Um, if my wife and I are going somewhere... We, and we've been all over the world. Okay. Um, I, my person, I, she might pick a different spot. <laughs> my, my personal favorite was St. Thomas and St. John. Really? Yeah. I just saw something. Uh, New York Times has this list of like where to go. And uh-huh. St. John is on oh, there. St. John, clearly my favorite because they have um, a beach there that's called Trunks Bay. 
And I remember running into Aaliyah, the great Aaliyah. Really? Yeah, the R&B artist. I remember running into her brother after she passed, and we talked about um, some of her favorite things. And Mm -hmm. one of those favorite things was uh, St. Thomas's uh, Trunks Bay. I remember him saying that they loved it, too. And that's one of my favorite places. But in the States, one of my favorite places is Santa Monica. Really? I know it sounds <laughs> it sounds crazy. But like, being I, from LA, I'm like, really? Santa Monica Pier, running down. I, whenever I go out there, I run. I do some of the, uh, you know, like the, the little little pier with the the games and everything. And yeah. oh, I love Santa Monica for some reason, man. <laughs> I mean, like, yo, I gotta get out there. I, I love it. Yo. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. All right. So I got three reader or three listener questions. Okay. So we'll get into those. And the first one I got the girl, she, she hit me up like five times today. So I'm, I'm answering this for you. All right. Says, <laughs> With so much distraction out there, it's hard to stay true to yourself, to be authentic. Mm-hmm. How do you stay true to yourself and prevent you from being watered down from things that can influence you? Wow, man. That's such a good question. <laughs> That's such a good question. I think one of the ways that I deal with it, like I said before, is um, I spend time with my girls and they just make me laugh and they'll tell me, dad, you're on the phone. Dad, you're on the phone. Oh, so so that's one. That's one checkpoint. Another checkpoint is um, I don't get to do it as much as I like. But when I chill with my mom um, and we start to talk about, you know, just regular family things and stuff like that, it gives me a reality check Mm -hmm. about um what's important in life and how much time you truly do not have. Right. You know, uh, I, I think on that level and then on a creative and, you know, we're in a game that's very competitive and we have to show like we the one and we the mm-hmm. best and nobody can mess with us. Da, da, da. I, try, I try to think about um, whatever I'm promoting or whatever I'm doing creatively. Is it going to stand the test of time? Mm-hmm. And that kind of roots it in a quality assurance standpoint rather than am I going to be the first one with it? Am I going to be the the one that gets the most buzz or the most likes with it? No. Is it going to be able to stand the test of time and will people be able to respect it? And wow. That's what keeps my balance, I believe. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, I think with me, it's more like. Similar to what you said is that it is highly competitive and, and you're always trying to work really hard. But I think for me, I, I just try to stay a student of the game. Like mm-hmm. I I try to remember, I always try to just be who I was before people knew yep. who I was because, remember you know, why you started. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, I'm popping to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But what I, what I explain to people is that I'm like, you didn't even know me. Like you didn't know me as the girl who was at, at five years old, who refused to turn in homework that wasn't mm-hmm. written perfectly. And I wow. would start it over all night. You know, the girl wow. who got up at 4 a.m., you know, my mom would bust me in the third grade up rechecking my homework yep. just because I was just like, I can't go to school and this not be right. And just my thing is to just no matter what I do and my therapist always teases me because sometimes I'll go and I just be like, I want to just make sure that I do not become the girl. Like, remember that, that uh, MTV Cribs episode where I carries on the, on the, on the Stairmaster yes. and like glitter heels. Like I was just like, <laughs> just, I just don't because, <laughs> because people will blow your head up That's and true. really have you thinking and like, and then, and then nobody will stop you nope. when, when, when you have people around you who will not, they won't stop because it's entertaining too. Yes. <laughs> or they're getting paid. Yeah, they get paid. They're like, well, sh- all right. 
Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And so I think I just always I have such a fear of like I don't want to, you know, I don't want to yeah. look crazy that I that I do that. And and then as far as like, you know, staying true and and all the stuff that's out there is like you always have to remember like it's okay to see like whenever I see my peers going to the White House, I always be like they not Michelle and Barack. They not gonna call me. No. Like here we are at the end of eight years, and they just not gonna call me. Y'all ain't gonna. Yo, you know what's crazy? <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> we know it's only seven weeks. Like, yeah. eight weeks left. We like wait, 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 wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We've been there multiple times. Yeah. Like, you, got, you got like the VIP pass. Yeah. Like, you got the the, the White House <laughs> Gold Club card. Oh my God. Yes. And it's like, do I get a little jelly? Yes, I do. But I'm just like, but I always say to myself, you know what? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm supposed to meet them somewhere else or maybe, you know, it it ain't going to be over, but I do something greater. A lot of times, a lot of times, yo, I I would be, man, it was, I'm going to tell you this. It's been so many times where I fought for something that I couldn't get Mm -hmm. only to get it later and realize the timing wasn't right for me. because if i would have gotten it when i did it wouldn't have been as great as when i did get it wow and i and and i live in that now i live in that sometimes i'm like well well well, i get it (laughs) Uh, now now i understand yeah it wasn't wasn't meant for me then it wasn't It, it and 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 that's just what it is and just go you know what I'm just going to continue to play my game. That's it. That's all you can do. And there's a plan. As, as much as everything has been such a beautiful blessing in my life, even the, even the bad parts, mm-hmm. such a beautiful blessing in my life, I still subscribe to that. I still subscribe to my timing. Ah, uh, this is why... We love you because you get it. <laughs> all right, do. all right. I do. I do. <laughs> Second question. Okay. Do you have any advice regarding workplace bullying behaviors or tactics? Ooh, ooh. I feel very alone within my department and unsupported by my team. Most of them regularly exclude me because they are influenced by a person I fell out with many years ago. Mm-hmm. Other than leave, do you have any advice? Yes. Um, the advice would be to... I would say the the best way to to beat those type of things is be successful within your position. Mm. The more work that you excel at, not like break your back type excelling, <laughs> like I'm going to do more than you because you mad at me and I'm going to say, no. The right. quality of your work, the quality of your personal um, movement, how, mm-hmm. how you're around, all of you, you really can't... It, it, Uh, Yo, it's so funny. That's a really good one because I've been in situations like that where you feel as though um, you may have been that because you're in a in a in a power position, and that person wants to take the power from you. Yeah, and and your power might not be because you're the boss. It could be because you're the happy one. Yeah, you're the one that's content in yourself. So then they have to knock that down because why is this person happier? (laughs) You know right. what I'm saying? Or you right. don't get to be happy. You work for me. So you got to be upset. They don't right. like that. So mm-hmm. if you're able to be um, successful in, in your position while you're trying to get to the top or, or get to a, a, a personal goal, because everyone doesn't necessarily want to be on top. Um, yeah. And at the same time, be the kind of person that you want to be personally mm. at, at your best personally. That will wipe out 
any negativity that anyone brings to you because then you'll know how to handle it. Right. When you don't have that, when you don't have that gauge point or that quality assurance for yourself, then right. anybody could walk in and mess your day up. Right. And that's where you have, you have to get to the point where that can't happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then that you don't is... look at it as bullying. You look at it as the person being negative and you know how to stay away from that. Absolutely. I always say that like uh, people communicate. I think that people communicate from like uh, their their pain point, you yep. know. Yep. So it's like whenever somebody's not happy and I know I haven't done anything to them, I'm just like, I really wonder what this person has gone through in their They're life. Going through something. That's yeah. Oh my, that's oh, you just said it. I hope they yeah. heard that part. Yeah. They are going through something. Yeah. That you just happen to get into the whirlwind of and yeah. you have to chain yourself down. Yeah. So you don't fly into that Dorothy and Wizard of Oz tornado and, and you're, in, a- you're in Oz with yeah, them. No. With them. And that's yeah, it's so crazy. I just was fussing with like my boyfriend the other day. Mm-hmm. We were coming out of the uh coming out of the uh, parking lot of like mm-hmm. where we live and this guy like swooped up in like parked right where he shouldn't have mm. right and he was like looking frantic right and so he starts flailing his hand and it's just like oh my god like he's in the way this and this and that mm. and so i looked at him and i said what if he just got a call that he just lost his wife mm-hmm. you don't know what it is you don't know what somebody's going through and Ever. like you never know And he was like he literally was like oh my god like 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 I need to stop. Like yeah. I should. Like I, like I now feel bad. Bad. And so now, like I've spoken on panels, and I remember there was a panel that I spoke on, and one of the young women that was on the panel, she was younger than me, and it was like she was late, and I was just like, and she kind of just had this snarkiness about her, and I remember wanting to kind of be like, I wanted to, because I'm, you know, I'm a Taurus, I'm a bull, like you, you throw shade, girl, and I will, and I will make it midnight, you know, like that's how I can be. But I was like, my leak don't do it and once I sat and we spoke after and you and she told me about what she was going through and it's just like all we see is the Louboutins and the, the mm. good makeup but like that attitude that stuff that you see on the outside people got bigger issues and I just try to think about like whatever they got going on don't have nothing to do with me mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna try to be nice to them because you know they need it they need it more than I do today that's so true and if you don't think for others sometimes in that regard Mm -hmm. um, you'll tend to always look at it as uh, people attacking you yep sometimes you don't realize with them attacking you they're attacking themselves because they're hurt right and uh, you know some people might look at that as I don't care (laughs) I'm about me so you know what I'm saying (laughs) (laughs) If if you if if more people thought about okay that person might be going through something yeah you know you can't yeah. do that for everybody you you got to no. know when to defend yourself you got to know when you demand respect but at mm-hmm. the same time some people just got to you just got to be like handle them Lord I know that ain't my fight <laughs> that ain't my fight this one you got to go ahead and work with right right you know right what I'm saying you got to work with them so I'm yeah. just gonna leave that to you. <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. And this is our last question. Yeah. Um, have you ever been in a situation where you felt someone was trying to sabotage you professionally? How did you cope? <laughs> Yikes. Wow. Okay. We've been talking all this cool by y'all with the Lord God ahead of I've gone off a few times where I was like, so flam filth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The Bill Cosby way. Yeah. Um, ah, man. The one time that does stick out, I was so mad 
that I I, I had a, a really bad out, outburst in a really big meeting. Oh, wow. And I felt like, dang, man, you let that person get to you. Yeah. You really let that person get to you, day. Like, how, how, how did you let that happen? You know why? Right. Because right. I'm human. You know right. why I had a bad day. You know yep. why I was freaking mad. I was so freaking mad. <laughs> yes. And it happens, yo. It happens. And all you can do is let it happen and move on and hope that later you can reconcile with the person, which I ended up doing years later. Okay. Um, regardless of if you feel you were right or if the person was wrong or whatever, I do feel as though there are some things that happen within business that it might need to be addressed at a later date just okay. to get it off the table. And the grudge doesn't build as much. Yeah. Because the smallest little thing could turn into the biggest thing that you don't even remember why you were mad yeah. for the little thing. Because yeah. then all as big as it gets, other things stick to it. Right. So I was uh, I was fortunate enough to, after that really bad episode to have a sit down with the person. And it, it was about being, you know, uh, men about it. Yeah. But you got to get to that point. You can't just say, yeah. I'm going to do this and then I'll fix it later. It might not yeah. happen later. But if you have the opportunity to do so and, and you feel like that person was sabotaging or whatever, and you know you didn't do anything wrong, it comes yeah. out in the wash later. It does. It does. It really I had does. I had some situations early in my career where, you know, I was the only I worked at like a premier PR firm and I was the only young woman of color Ooh, and you that's know, when just, it hurts. Yeah, yeah. People just weren't used to seeing somebody like me. And that part was tough that, you know, I had there was a older publicist who used to like throw FedExes on my desk and be like, mail that. And it's just like, but I'm not like I don't assist you. So she was just like she did everything that she could to just always let me know that I was black and I was younger and I was had less experience. And wow. then I eventually got promoted up to her level. Uh, I eventually got promoted up to her level in like eight months. And we shared an office for a bit and she hated me. And to this day, I try to add her on Facebook. She will not add me. I think she's still mad. Like I buried the hatchet. But even in this current business, uh, when I first started, I think some some longer term beauty professionals sort of resented the fact that I got in this Ooh. without the, you know, they've, they've been working in the beauty business, the L'Oreal's, the Unilever's for decades. And then here, here I come, it's like, who does she think she is? And I've had people call me and say that there was a person who's like calling around, like, why would you work with her? You know? Wow. Wow. And so, yeah, it's just that thing of like, now, like you said, that like back in the day, I probably would have been like contacted that person and like made, let them know that I knew and like what happens when I know. And now I'm just like the way that I'm going to get you is to be so daggone good yep. that you're going to have to keep like, keep trying and keep trying and keep yep. trying to shut me down because every time you blink, I'm coming with something new. Every time. And you know, <laughs> you know what I love about you, though, Maya, as much as you were telling me that you love me and all that stuff, <laughs> I, I just have to say seeing your journey and hearing about Curlbox before it actually came out and your energy level of, of, about attacking it and, and problem solving and the learning curve. And then now you inspiring people to the point where I get on and I see your stuff and I'm like, dad, I gotta try that recipe. <laughs> you, 
Bag. I got to I got to see my sister talk on Essence Live. I got to see her. <laughs> Yo, it's it's like you you get to see the blessings that unfold for people that truly start to unlock the seek the the secrets of success. Yeah. And every time you hit the every time you hit like a new level, you open up the door. You open up another door, and you just and I love seeing this. Oh, it's so you. beautiful to see. And next thing you know, I see the keys to the car, and it's like, <laughs> see, you plugging your joint up. You ain't even getting gas. You just like, yeah, anybody got outlet? <laughs> I need to go to the store real quick. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's yeah, all like yeah. it's, it's beautiful to see what you've done with it, and, and I love the journey. Yeah, because you're so not done. This is just the beginning. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I have this, like you said, like, don't shortchange your experience. And I think that that's really what I try to do is like when I was coming along, there was nobody like me um, to show people. And so I always would say that, like, very prayerful to God, like, God, if you if you ever if you ever decide that you want to put me on, I'm going to put everybody else on. That's like that's just how it's going to go. And my dad used to say to me, my dad, like before I even became like I would say publicly successful because I always found myself to be successful when people didn't know because I was doing what I loved. Mm-hmm. And when I became, my dad used to say, you know why God is going to bless you, my league? And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 26. I'm going to church. Mm-hmm. My dad and I used to go to church together every Sunday yeah. when I lived in LA. And he would be like, God's going to bless you because he knows that like, you're not afraid to tell the story. Mm. You know, so many people are afraid to tell the story, but you're not afraid to tell about everything. And because of that, you will be blessed. And I just used to look at him and be like, wow, you know, maybe he, maybe he's right. And so I think about that sometimes that like so many people say like, why do you tell people you go to therapy or why do you show this? And I'm just like, yeah, I was like, I have to, Mm. like, I have to, that is like, that's the promise. You know, it's just like, I can't, I can't be sitting up here praying to God, asking for things and feeling like I can ask and not give. That's real. You know? And so So it's just like, I don't, I want you to know as much as, you know, it's like, I try to share as much as I possibly can to help people and try to be an open book and basically say, you can fail and still win. Mm, <laughs> you know, that's you, so true. Yeah, you oh can fail. Goodness. You can fail a lot of times and still win. When I tell you, there was a few years ago. There was a, a a time in my career where I felt like, damn, man, this is this is not what I thought. This mm-hmm. is not where I thought I would be, or I, I didn't think this situation would would happen. And when you go through that and you realize like your resilience, all the Mm -hmm. things that you preach about and all the things that you have to go through and you say that, but then you actually have to go through it yourself. (laughs) Yeah. You have to remember like that fire. You have to remember that faith and you have Mm -hmm. to reinvest in that kind of energy. Yeah, It will give you a different outlook on things. And I believe like you've gone through that when you built Curlbox and you go through it as you yeah. keep it successful. There's a there's a, a reservoir of energy that you can tap into yeah. that you can kind of lean on and be like, it's going to be OK. Yeah, totally. You know, I think my dad always says to me. And this is why I love that you were so involved with your in your girl's life, because I do believe that like my dad being there, my dad would be like, you know, I know that you have failed in life, but it, it's as if your brain doesn't process it. Right. Yeah. It's just like it's that thing where I go, oh, I learned something. That's kind of how I look at it. Like, OK, now I know something that I didn't know. Um, and I just think that like 
we you have to be the kind of person that if I drop you in the desert, I know you're going to get out. Oh, man. You know, and that's just the thing you have to have. It's just like, I know no matter what. My dad was like, I know that we can strip you down and take everything from you mm-hmm. and you're going to be fine. That's the Cameron line. Drop me anywhere. <laughs> God's green earth. I'll triple my worth. <laughs> yes. Yes. Drop me anywhere. 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 Yeah. God's green earth. I'll triple my worth. I love that line. Uh, I'm so glad. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you said you said that. And I think that's the perfect the perfect way to end this. Daytuan. Yes, indeed. I just want to thank you so much for agreeing to do this and like I know that it's years later, but like the influence that you had on my life, on my career, you know, over a decade ago, I I am supremely appreciative. You are my quote unquote friend on my head. You were my idol back in the day. And so thank you for doing this. Thank you for being mine now and inspiring (laughs) me and letting me know that black magic, black girl magic really does exist. Awesome. Awesome.